Deep within a bleak and dismal era, hidden within the murky internet, lies the headquarters of the most sinister peaks of all time, a legion on Zoom. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Legion on Zoom. I'm Chez. Yo, I'm Miguel. And I'm Rod. I want to give a quick shout out because as of this point in time, we've gotten some of the feedback for the first episode. Word. So quick shout out to all the, all the people, all the fan support. We love all y'all. As he was talking about that, I legit got goosebumps because I didn't even expect, as per our metrics, the amount of people that have listened so far and in three countries. Holy crap. Thanks, Earth. Yeah, that's right. We are international. We got listeners in the Dominican Republic, in Mexico, across the United States. That's fucking right. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I see us bringing peace to the Middle East. Well, well, that's why we started this, right? Like, that's, that was the goal. That's one. That's only one of the many goals. We're on Zimandius <laughs> level. We got, we got plans going on. <laughs> we got plans with this podcast. We're going to change things. Yeah, exactly. As people people don't know, but as we're recording this on Zoom, we're actually still on that moon in on Saturn or whatever it was. Like what is it? Like Titan? I don't know. We're actually sending all these episodes back in time. Oh. I actually want to throw a deep cut since we were talking about being on the moon and watchmen and all that stuff. Uh it's funny because Zack Snyder actually wanted to splice in a little Watchmen Easter egg uh for Man of Steel. And show a quick image of Dr. Manhattan, like on the moon within Man of Steel, just like a, like a, a deep, deep cut Easter egg. Where is it? And that? it's just crazy. Uh, no, he just mentioned it on the watch along party. Oh. And, and, you know, now that I'm reading the Doomsday Clock uh, and just seeing how Dr. Manhattan is actually interacting with the DC characters has been a trip. Wait, so then are you saying that Jeff John stole? The idea for having Dr. Manhattan involved in the actual universe, the DC universe, from Zack Snyder. I think that's exactly what he's saying. Bro, I, bro, last night I read some wild shit. I read that. This, <laughs> this is crazy internet shit that Jeff Johns was trying to sabotage Zack Snyder's vision by basically giving Kevin Feige the outline of the DC animated, the DC cinematic universe. So, you know, the two played out very similarly, you know, like with... Civil War, BVS, Thanos, Dark Side, they were just like trying to release the same story at the same time. And that Jeff Johns and Kevin Feige are in cahoots. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I heard. That is a tinfoil hat moment, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if I ever heard one. Word, that's like stuff you're reading at three in the morning. It was three know, in the morning. Hours, hours being <laughs> deep in the web. <laughs> I'm not even going to front. Like, that was so deep. I spaced out for three seconds and came back. <laughs> That was deep. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if, if if this episode mysteriously disappears or something, or it gets lost. Well, there'll be some, you know, some actual, you know, truth to that. I don't know. Now I'm a little bit afraid. <laughs> Hashtag hit job. Also, just real quick on a quick side note for those of you who have stood all the way from episode one and are still around. Um, on the mission of us kind of sort of slightly getting our shit together, as I like to say, we all have had hardware upgrades officially. We all, ha we all have better mics now. I don't know if you noticed from our sound quality. Things are progressing going forward. And we're basically there. Just a quick shout out that I wanted to give the fans. That's right. As of today, Chez has leveled up. Yes. Yeah. So we all sound officially, officially official. All right, so a lot of crazy shit going on. Um, I wish we could have these every single day, but I understand that from a creativity standpoint, that's impossible. We got some new trailers out in the media. I wish we could get new trailers every single day. Wait, from a creativity standpoint? What, you're saying we're not creative enough? That we, no. We couldn't no. do this? Chaz, come on. No, what I, I meant was, what I meant was <laughs> that I wish that the creators of shit could pump out nonstop every day so we could get new trailers, you know, like in our news feeds ah. every single day. But that's impossible. That'd or just like release new. movies as a sequence of trailers. Like from here on out, <laughs> just need the latest trailer, like trailer 100. <laughs> you should trademark that as like some type of app. I kind of stopped watching too many trailers because after a while, when you get deep into it and you want to be shocked, 
you want to you don't want to be spoiled even trailers be giving it away so i'll usually watch one that's exactly what i was gonna say exactly like all these trailers the way they've developed over time like they're basically mini movies like they really show way too much like they're not even i don't know i felt trailers used to be like a tease no to get you ooh intrigued but not like a little summary of the movie like it's 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 ridiculous well i mean i think it's kind of relative i just think that there's so much epicness like in today's movies now that even if you get so much stuff in the trailer, there's still so much stuff in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've done some good trailers and some bad trailers over time, but let's think of like the Transformers franchise. Those trailers, we were like, that's insane. But then you watch the movie and it's like, holy crap. You know what I mean? Like, I think as the movies get more epic, the trailers are going to end more get more epic but you're always going to have some trailers that suffer from a tad overshare i want to add a disclaimer that chess is immune to spoilers so yeah yeah he he, he can get anything spoiled <laughs> and won't care for me i avoid it all if i can totally i in fact some would say i suffer from an affliction if that would be the correct term i seek spoilers out I have a problem, ladies and gentlemen. I go on Wikipedia, I go on the intrawebs, and I seek spoilers out. Actually, yeah, he prefers spoilers. Like, I actually believe, because I do believe he might have a weak heart, and I think watching it for the first time <laughs> on screen is too much, and we're, we're concerned it might be too much for him, and so he wants to be prepared beforehand. What are the big shocking twists? It's all psychological preparation. In <laughs> Yo. Uh, I was talking to one of my boys, and he was like, imagine if the Civil War trailer didn't have the Spider-Man reveal, and you're in the movie theater, like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That might kill like, some people. Spider-Man just pops out. Like, <laughs> whoa! That shit would have been a mind fuck. So... And it begs the question, right? Like, what, now that we, now that we obviously years, you know, since the movie came out, what would we have preferred? And honestly, I don't know, because obviously it was great to know that he was going to come out. And I still remember, I remember vividly where I was when the first trailer came out where they showed him. I remember I was at work, I was in the lab, and I remember, because I think I remember I texted you, Rod, immediately, like, they just came out. It was like at noon or something. And that was awesome. That felt incredible. So excited. But right, it makes you wonder, but imagine how that would have felt being in there, in the theater, and sharing that experience of shock with everybody. Imagine if we just got rid of trailers altogether and movies just dropped, and all you got was posters. I don't want. I don't want to nauseate the audience with my love of Zack Snyder's DC films, but the moment, too the late, moment, too late. wait, the moment when Wonder Woman pops out and saves Batman from Doomsday's eye beam, that shit blew my mind. Like I knew she was gonna be part of the film, but had, they kind of kept her a little bit low key. But that first appearance moment of her blocking—oh my god. I jizzed. No, yeah, and, and and with that music, with the drum, you know, theme song that she had, like legit. I love that. Was, that. that was I love that scene too, and I don't like that movie, but that scene. Stop <gasps> hating, yo! That guitar <laughs> riff. She has her own guitar riff that pops out, like. Yo, it's so lit. That would be the right term. That very ethnic theme song that she has. That very Mediterranean, I would say. <laughs> theme song that they have like with the guitar riff and the drums that's pretty awesome man that's pretty unique i like it a lot i like it a lot it's amazonian that's what that music is that's where it's coming from you think it's directly themiscira yeah i was gonna say themiscira it took me so long to learn how to pronounce that word when i would read it in comics like how do you thym themiscira <laughs> obviously i'm illiterate but it took me a while to learn how to say it until i heard it said on a show or something like yeah that. i'm not sure which writer created that but it was originally amazonia and then at some point they changed it to themiscira i don't know who i don't know what writer deep cuts and we should look into that too like is it if it's actually i don't know because it's obviously it's all based on it's greek mythology or is it R R roman i don't know or it's a mix of both right because like they have aries and they have hades and all these things and and so and then because the amazon like the amazonian women existed in mythology uh i believe i'm like 90 percent sure <laughs> we should we should get somebody to confirm that as we're googling oh it's funny it actually started i forgot as paradise island which is kind of sexist right it's all women oh paradise and then it went to amazonia and then the mascara 
uh, ultimately. But yeah, deep cuts. And I think it's definitely based on um, Greek mythology, which I'm like a big fan of. But yeah, like there's always been a weird power structure in like the DC cosmic order. Because if you have the Amazons, they abide by the Greek pantheon of gods, which actually exist as per canon in the DC universe. They have Ares, they have a Zeus. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's also like a Hercules in the DC universe that wanders throughout time and space. And But then at the same time, they have the new gods. DC's cosmic order is a bit of a shit show. Bro, I like how we went from uh, talking trailers to new gods. <laughs> so back to the trailers. <laughs> although, although hopefully down the road, maybe this is us, you know, talking about the future because we will be getting a new gods trailer down the road. You know, that's a movie that's being, being made by like Ava, Ava DuVernay and Tom King, you know, the famous Batman, Mr. Miracle uh, and the current uh, Strange Adventures uh, writer. They're making a new God's film. Damn. That movie's only going to be able to screen in 5D. <laughs> you got to take a mushroom before you start watching it. <laughs> you read my mind. Part of it takes place in your head and shit. <laughs> or, yes. Yeah. We digressed insanely. Yeah. So about those actual trailers from, for warnings, I'm actually going to watch um, both of those trailers this week and I haven't seen them yet, but... We have a new trailer. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about it and none of us have seen the trailer. <laughs> that's what you call... That's what you call... Gusto. <laughs> we are organized as fuck. I'm sure many, probably listeners right now that are listening, they're like, oh yeah, they've seen the trailer themselves. <laughs> or... We're about to show you what good bullshit artists we really are by talking about trailers we haven't seen. Oh, guys, no, nah, great idea. Since the fans will, we can edit out segments, right? The fans won't. We can watch it, us, right now, live. Cut. And we're back. For those of you who may not be aware, we actually are in the possession of some time-altering technology, which has allowed us to watch the trailers that we just had mentioned that we hadn't seen. And let me just say, they were both freaking awesome. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I, I want to make sure that people know that we are not lying. When you heard us speak a few minutes ago saying we have not seen the episode, the trailers, that was 100% true. But we have seen it now. That means our reactions are fresh out of our minds. Ooh. It doesn't get fresher than that. Fresh baked thoughts. Facts. I'm with that. I like that. I like that. Oh, so which one do we talk about first? The uh, Lucifer or the voice? We got to start with the boys. Facts. Uh, that's the first trailer we saw. I, that was one of the best comic book television shows. I, second only to Watchmen last season. Um, and watching that trailer makes me want to go back and rewatch season one. I mean, I love the fact that they still maintain the trademark sense of goriness. That scene with the head smashing, I was like, ooh. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I saw that, and <laughs> it caught me, like, off guard a little bit. But then it was like, oh, right, 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 right. That's that's what the show was – that's why it was so good, because it had all that. And I think in, the, in that scene came right after, like, one of those also, like, quick, witty, you know, banters that they have, which I also – that's another key thing I loved about the show. Like, it's so – it's gritty, it's funny, it's gory. Ah, it's, it's fantastic. And season two seems like it will not let you down at all. Bro, that trailer had shades of uh, Punisher Warzone. Remember, remember that gem with yeah. Ray Stevenson with like just all out gore. I, I happen to appreciate that version of the Punisher and it's still my favorite. So shout out. Shout, shout out to that movie. And uh, I don't know, I read somewhere that Wonder Woman was the first female directed comic book film, but people just seem to have forgotten the fact that it was actually Punisher Warzone, who the director's name escapes me, but that was actually the very first female-directed superhero film. Ah, nice right. reference. Nice reference. Yeah. Deep cuts. And I still maintain that they should have bring Punisher into the MCU. The actual MCU was set from the Netflix first. That would have been amazing. But I like how the developers for the trailer, I feel like they went through, like, let's make an awesome checklist and just try to check off every box. That trailer had guns, speedboats, superheroes, America, blood, violence, handsome men, beautiful women. It was just <laughs> epic all around. Uh, yes. 
Like, I felt alive. I felt my heartbeat go up. And it wasn't just the giant mug of caffeine that I had before we started recording. <laughs> and September, September can't come here uh, uh, any, any faster because that's when it's coming out. Yeah. And for those people that haven't seen it, think of a rated R Justice League. Like, just less rules, just more in your face, more gratuitous violence, all that. And a complete lack of ethics and morals. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, and also uh, a good version of it too. So it's a rated R, but also not the sh- not the shit we saw. <laughs> anyway, let's take note that I think that um, I was referring to the Justice League of America, the actual group, you know, in the comics as well written. Miguel took it as an opportunity to just blindly attack Snyder out of nowhere. <laughs> not really. He's attacking Joss Whedon, technically. Uh, <laughs> that's his movie. <laughs> oh my god! I'll take that. I'll take that. The ever thickening plot, and uh, <laughs> and um. <laughs> now let's talk about Lucifer. That one was pretty cool. Um, I actually watched the first three seasons when it was on. No, after it left Fox and it got on Netflix, but then I fell off around season four. So I plan to finish watching it since this is going to be the last season anyway. So it looked pretty interesting. I've always been a big fan of the whole heaven and hell stuff when it comes to comics. Yeah, and actually, I I haven't seen a single episode of Lucifer. I wasn't interested in it before, actually. And recently, actually, not that long ago, a few months ago, a, a good close friend of mine that she's not into comic books at all, she told me, you should watch this show. I think you're going to like it because she knows that I'm very into, into comic books. Uh, and so I was like, all right, maybe I'll give it a shot. And now that we just saw the trailer, I'm actually very interested in watching the show. That was a dope trailer. Yeah, it's funny because I also got a recommendation from a non-comic book reader. Oh, uh, so yeah, I haven't seen the show either, but I did appreciate his cameo in the multiverse uh, CW crossover. Yes. That was dope, and th- his interaction with John Constantine, which of course is just like for for the Neil Gaiman nerds, super layered. All that 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 Sandman lore, and I just realized that that Lucifer character is from uh, Neil Gaiman Sandman. Uh, which is pretty dope. Yeah, like the show is an adaptation of the spin-off series. So Lucifer Morningstar from the show is based on the Lucifer Morningstar from the comics from the Lucifer series, which came out of the Sandman series that was written by Gaiman. Wow. Whoa. Then definitely I, I'm, I'm going to really, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to watch the show. And also especially because, yeah, like you said, because it was on Fox, right? And then it moved to Netflix. And I think so. So the last season and this season that's coming out, those were exclusively made on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually glad you brought that up because I noticed that there was like a trend. It's happened with like one or two more shows, I'm sure, where they got canceled on TV, but they got scooped up by Netflix. And that's exactly what happened. It got canceled on Fox and then came in the big sweeping budget of Netflix and said, come here, Dewey Child, we'll save you. And then they just gave it two more seasons to close it off. Yeah, and just a, another deep cut. Uh, I've been waiting, looking forward to the uh, Audible release of The Sandman since we're on Neil Gaiman. Uh, and it actually came out a few days ago. It's read by Neil Gaiman and a couple of other stars. The dude from Kingsman is John Constantine. So I'm definitely going to check that out next week. Whoa, 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 what? A what? And like an Audible book? The Audible, yeah, with James McAvoy as the Sandman. It's uh, like an Audible exclusive. Wait, say what? All right, so they're releasing the Sandman, the graphic novels that, you know, these shows like Lucifer are based off of. Uh, they're doing an Audible exclusive, you know, like Holy all-star crap. cast read rendition of it. So you get James McAvoy uh, as Sandman. Again, I don't know the guy's name from Kingsman, but... Yeah, Aragon er- er- Tierderman, something like that, yeah. He sounds like he rides a dragon. <laughs> yeah, some Game of Thrones name. Um <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'll have a review of that uh, coming soon. I'm going to check that out. That sounds amazing. You sold me at McAvoy. I love that, man. Yo, Split, Split, and then what was the last one? The the universe, the the M. Night Shyamalan. The Shyamalan-verse? Yeah. What was the last film? Oh, it was... um... Uh... I didn't see any of those three movies, but what? you know, because it was um, wow. it was Unbreakable, yeah, right? It was Unbreakable, Split. Split, and Glass. Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Yes. Yeah. The end Shyamalan verse. I love the fact that it was like its ultra niche. Like, if you consider like the DC multiverse, that'd be like one of those super obscure Earths. Like, you know what I mean? Even though it's like its own thing, but it's like it's super like isolated from everything, and it's like 
the ending of Glass like has so much potential for extension. Like it was it was awesome. I loved it. I have my critiques otherwise, but like I really did like it. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, no. I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I, re- I respect that. I just want to say Shamalamaverse. Sh- M. Night Shamalaverse. And um, some other cool news that um, I also wanted to discuss is the fact that over the podcast and like as we go forward, I want to try to, well, we want to try to make a reference to like some obscure characters here and there like as often as we can and it just turns out that one actually came up in the news and this would be a member of the justice society of america not to be confused with the justice league of america the jsa is more of a earth two i believe right gentlemen well yeah exactly so like it's sort of like it it, it, it it's through their through the history in the dc universe where the convoluted timelines and that kind of stuff they were originally from Earth One, then it became Earth Two. I think after, right before Crisis, right or after the first Crisis, I don't even remember. Yeah, I believe they were separate Earths, like before the original right. Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then like they all joined back together. Yeah. Right, and then they disappeared or something. I think this is a good opportunity for those who don't really know about the Justice Society. Like I actually don't didn't know them that well, uh, but I think definitely we've talked about this before. But we highly recommend watch Star Girl because Star Girl is heavily influenced Facts. by the Justice Society of America, and they're really exploring that comic book lore uh in in a new in a new way which is actually pretty dope thank you for bringing that up because there i feel that the justice society is a very underappreciated group of superheroes like honestly if we didn't have the justice society we would not have the jla so it's kind of like people should definitely check them out they have some pretty cool characters you know like our man the original flash with the hermes hat which is jay garrick um, Star Girl. There's a bunch of different um other characters that have been in other throughout time, and the OG Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Yes, who? Yeah, his lore is super is super like interesting, but definitely it's almost kind of like all all the OGs of the super popular characters that we'd have now. Oh, and and also members of like actual members of current of the Justice League that pop up like Hawkman and uh, Hawkgirl yeah, yeah, yeah. were from the Justice Society. Very true. I I almost forgot about that. And um, also including the character that I'm actually about to bring up, which is Adam Smasher, which he's actually going to be in the upcoming Rock based, well, not Rock based, but starring the Rock Black Adam movie. Yeah, I know. That was crazy to finally get word about the the, the movie, right? Because it's like we've, we've been, he was cast as Black Adam, like I felt like a decade ago yeah. or something. So like, it's been forever. But I was surprised with this like news, no? Like what, how is Adam Smasher related to like the Black Adam and Shazam storylines? I don't know, actually. Yeah, so the actor's name is Noah Centineo. And I have no idea what he's done, but this is going to be the the Adam Smasher for the Black Adam film. But he, he is a heartthrob. I will say that, though. <laughs> and for those of you who don't, who don't know, um, you can probably just find the character on Wikipedia. But the power set is pretty interesting. I think he can control his powers on a... He can control like everything on a molecular level including his size and strength which seems pretty badass i'm just really surprised that's what a left turn that film took like out of no news to hey adam smasher is going to be in the black adam movie like what yeah and that actor was in the remake of charlie's angels which i didn't see but i did like the old school one with cameron diaz and lucy Liu and drew barrymore yeah, right? yeah it was drew barrymore. yeah that one was awesome yeah i never saw the new one but yo, if he was in that movie, what, what, like, is if he's a hard, he looked kind of young, no? Like, what was he, like, 10 when he was in that movie? Like, how old is he? Like, I have no idea. Yeah, he was in the remake. The, the remake came out years ago, no? No, it came out with, with Kristen Stewart from Twilight, remember? It's like a Charlie's Angels reboot. <laughs> anyway, deep cuts. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see the JSA, and this opens the door. I mean, the real question that, you know, a lot of fanboys are asking is, will Zachary Levi's uh, Shazam character cross over or, or make an appearance? And if he does that, then, you know, will we ever see the Black Adam versus Henry Cavill Superman? Because no, no disrespect to Zachary Levi's Shazam. He's dope or whatever. But come on. I want to see those two guys go head to head. The Rock versus Henry Cavill. Just them fighting, like, in, like, mixed martial arts. Forget the movies. Just have them go at it, kick each other's asses. Yeah, 
That'd be cool, but I think it'll it'll I think it'll take a while for that to happen. Not like I, I think for them to do it I, per, personally, I think for that scene to happen, I want them to do it right, and hopefully it'll take a while. I can't wait for that too. I think, but I think it'll be dope for it to build up to that. Not so hopefully, like Black Adam is a good movie. Focus on Black Adam, which leads to like him eventually fighting Shazam, maybe in the next movie or something, and then. Hopefully there's a better Justice League movie that involves Shazam joining Justice League. And then that leads to some epic confrontation between the Justice League and Black Adam or something like that. I love every time we get into speculation when it comes to movies, like it gets me super excited. And then my brain takes like a really sharp left turn. It makes me sad because then, for example, like something so epic is going to take, what, five to ten years to accomplish time-wise? That's the only thing that sucks about movies, man. That's why, like, I have such a deep appreciation for like the CW verse because like that would be doable in like six months with a way lower budget, but we'd see it. <laughs> we would get some type of like <laughs> slight gratification. Like it won't be as like mind shattering as seeing it like on IMAX with Cavill and the rock, but you know, we'd get some like <laughs> slightly buff guys doing it on the TV. That'd be pretty cool, but damn, you know what? But that would be worth the wait though. Seeing the rock, Black Adam versus Cavill Superman on IMAX. Good Lord. Yeah, which reminds me, we haven't seen any of the Marvel family in the Arrowverse, right? I mean, they've gone pretty deep with, you know, reaching into the DC treasure box, but we don't think we've seen any Marvels. But anyway. Well, I mean, to be fair, we only just saw them in the Captain Marvel movie when they all just appeared. That's who you're referring to, right? Yeah. Like the other Marvels, like the ones that appeared at the end of the movie? Yeah, and anybody, you know, Black Adam, any any of those characters, Mary Marvel, you know, like the, the Arrowverse hasn't explored that part yet. Yeah, like exactly. Like the Arrowverse has had like little like nods and Easter eggs here at a bunch of different things. But you're right. I don't think they've even kind of hinted at just a Shazam and the whole his whole Marvel family and that kind of stuff. Which I do think, because I think they're not calling him Captain Marvel in the in the movies. I don't I don't think so, right? Because that's also a convoluted thing that he was used to be called by Captain Marvel, but then like the the issue with rights with Marvel <laughs> came up. Yeah, they go by Shazam, and for those who don't know, um, Shazam is actually an acronym, and each letter is the first name of the god whose primary characteristic power he possesses. So that would be S for Zeus, H for Hercules. So on and so forth. S for, for what? For Dr. Seuss. No, no I mean... No, 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 I mean um, S, for, S for Solomon, H for Hercules, like... The, with the, Dr. Ooh, Seuss with the ability that, to I rhyme. I would read that book, but the Z would be from... The, you know what I mean? Marks with names and Captain Marvel. And I think they actually when to court against Marvel for that, right? A while back, like a few years ago, something along those lines. It was some copyright issues with the name. Yeah, Captain Marvel is now an OP uh, superhero in the MCU, played by Brie Larson. Shout yeah. out. Word, shout out. Oddly enough, I'm glad that we got like all these like new things that have to do with the Marvel family because I had almost forgotten about the Black Adam movie. To be honest, I hope they all show up in the Black Adam movie, but I'm glad that we got the adam smasher news because for a second i was just hoping that we got this black adam movie in general because i had forgotten about it and oddly enough speaking of stuff that people might have forgotten about um i also just remembered that x1 turned 20 a few days ago guys that is right like speaking of marvel but a different kind of marvel family man like the fucking x-men ran 20 years ago it came out ah yeah, they, they created the blueprint for the whole shared universe thing that's now everybody's trying to mimic. Um, and then I recently did a rewatch. Maybe I kind of felt the anniversary coming along, but as soon as the quarantine hit, I'm like, all right, okay, what am I going to rewatch? I got all this fucking time. I dove right into the Fox X-verse because that, that franchise just changes the game. And Hugh Jackman, he's up there with RDJ and, I don't know, Michael Keaton, like, the greatest guys to ever put on, you know, a cape or, or mask. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that got me thinking because I was thinking about that because, man, I try to remember back 20 years ago. Like, because remember, too, like, back then, right, like, Hugh Jackman wasn't really, like, a big-name person at all. If, I don't even know what movies he had done at that point, no? Because I re- He was non-existent, bro. Yeah, because I even remember, actually, because thanks to the – 
to, to anniversary, right, popping up the news on, on, on our social media feeds was that, you know, the, a, a clip of, of, of him from back then that they didn't believe that he could get buff for the for the movie because he when he auditioned, he wasn't like as ripped as he's gotten, <laughs> you know, like throughout all the epic movies. So at that, he became twice the man. Because mm -hmm. at that point, basically, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, right, one of some of the most dopest Charles Xavier and Magnetos, that like that, that, the best, you know, uh, incredible actors, they were the most famous people there for the movie. Right. Uh, but then, but then, like, oh, and no, and 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 I guess, um, Halle Berry. That's right. All of us know that Halle Berry was in it. And, and that's before, like, in the first film, she had that African accent, which she couldn't quite pull off. You know, that, like, Wakandan thing going on there. But she completely abandoned it for part two, which I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah, she, she did. I, I and then, like, her acting <laughs> skills came through. I'm like, yeah, Halle Berry, come on, what's up? Like, show us that. What, what's that, what's that, um, that movie she was in with? Uh, Monsters Ball? Monsters Ball. With Billy Bob no, no, no. Was it? Yeah, yeah, it's Monsters Ball. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, she, won an, she won like an award for that. Like she has like the chops, you know? I think for that scene, we all won some awards. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're implying, but. No, you're right. You're right. I actually just Googled it. So Academy Award for Best Actress in 2002 for Monsters Ball. Yeah, uh, you know, you know. You know. Because it's sharp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, so, you know, X-Men 1, you know, I, I I vividly remember going to the movies to see that and it changing my world. Like, Hugh Jackman <laughs> changed my world. Like, it, just like following him, because I remember when I was younger, it was like Sylvester Stallone. It was like the, the age of the epic Hollywood star, you know, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme. And I kind of saw Hugh Jackman as a throwback. He took, honestly, that entire franchise on his back. I mean, no, no respect to Patrick Stewart. I mean, no disrespect to Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. They crushed it. Many people came into that franchise, especially when first class with, uh, again, again, shout out to James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, who's a G. Oh. You know, like they came in and kind of like helped Hugh Jackman, you know, lift, you know, that, that franchise even higher up. So shout out to that franchise. It's one of the greatest. And I can't wait to see how the MCU now integrates, now that they have their mutants back home, how they integrate that into their films. The future of the X-Men, when they get back to the MCU, that's going to be insane. Like, maybe, who knows? We'll see what not everybody kind of wants, but some people definitely do want some very comic-accurate costumes. But Yes, please. Yes, definitely. But um, hey, maybe even a harken back to that X-Men origin scene, you know, like when Wolverine's opens the thing and it and it has like the X-Men um like like his actual costume from like the comics. I don't know if people saw that deleted scene. I, I suggest everyone who who's hearing this definitely go find that. Nah, or or like what they did, which movie was it, Rod? Like was it was it what was it X-Men Apocalypse was it that at the end they had like they showed the team like dressed in a more comic accurate costume, right. but then they didn't really have it for the next movie, right? Which was the the Phoenix one. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, so they I felt like at the at the end of Apocalypse, yeah, they all show up and they have these kind of classic looking Grant Morrison-esque 1990s vibe. You know, and I like how they did the whole decades thing with their films as well. Like you know, jumping Kennedy assassination. Yeah. To... But it was it was Grant Morrison for sure esque. But like, but Grant Morrison, I think, but with a touch of the Jim Lee nineties, no, because the original the X one right where that we're celebrating today for twenty years, that one was heavily influenced right on the Grant Morrison new X or or was it the other way around? Oh remember. yeah, yeah, because yeah. like because the new X Men Grant Morrison run had that just like sleek leather look with just the yellow uh, logo on. I don't remember what came first. Like, I think it's the right. movie, and then he decided to make it look the same. I actually don't remember. We can probably look into that, and we'll have an editor's <laughs> note <laughs> to describe that. But then, but then, because yeah, because for the the X Men Apocalypse mm. had that whole leather style of the Grant Morrison thing, but it had the colors, no? Because I remember Nightcrawler had the nice red and and like dark blue uh, thing going on. It was like, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. had the yellow and everything's like, yes. Yeah, and also, you know, for those of you guys that have Disney Plus, they just started throwing those films, the X films, on there. So Days of Future Past, one of the greatest comic book films of all time, I know is on there because Hugh Jackman posted about it. He posted a picture of that scene where they show his ass. And, and no, much respect <laughs> to him, man, because that was a great ass. Like, he was just, 
he 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 reached peak Hugh Jackman in that film. He just <laughs> crushed it on all levels. Mm-hmm. No, exactly, because like you were saying, like Wolverine, Wolverine, you know, Hugh Jackman was carrying uh, these movies. I think that movie shows that even better, right? Because it's it's really is a Wolverine movie, right? It has everybody else. Abby has Michael Fassbender, Gene Maccabee. Like we have, I forget the guy's name that played uh, Beast. Um, but it's a it, it's a Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie. Like, come on, it's it's a Hugh Jackman franchise. <laughs> the one thing, the um, the one thing that I want the fans to take notice, the people that are listening to us, which I'm sure a few of you probably did a rewatch, um, since it's the 20th anniversary, is take notice of one how long ago it was. This was 20 years ago. So think of all the technology they didn't have that let's say an Avengers Endgame did, 20 years worth of development. And look at how much they did with so little. How many goosebump moments didn't we have? If you go back and look at those movies, yeah, there was moments where they had crazy special effects, but they were very small moments, especially in X1, like what, when Cyclops, he uses his visors to break the seatbelt buckle to get, I think, who is it? Um, rogue out of the truck or something like that you know like it was yeah. very, like yeah it, it was like very few but tasteful moments but aside from that it was excellent set design like the x-mansion or magneto's lair and but then it was tasteful moments again like when he walks across the bridge is like you could tell they had very like a very small budget but they used it really well even talking about that shit i get goosebumps like to certain extent like it, like it's really crazy what they did back then but it was so tasteful that's what made that movie special. That it like it wasn't a cash grab. You know what I mean? It was like a crazy superhero concept done almost through like a Nolan filter in a way. I felt. Yeah, and it pre and it predates Nolan. And you know, a lot of people give that movie props, the first X Men film, for starting this renaissance of comic book films. But shout out to Blade. You know, we can't forget Wesley Snipes, even though he wasn't. Like Marvel didn't really push the comic book brand of the Blade series. That was really the, the originator. But yeah, uh, I, you know, recently rewatching films like Infinity War, the modern superhero epics and how it's all green screen, you know, makes me miss older films, you know, like, like X-Men 1 where they're on location. You know, they're, they, I don't know where they shot the film, but you could tell they're actually on set. It's not so much of this like uh, need for green screens and things like that. So yeah, I definitely miss that old school yeah style. that actually reminds me too like a little bit of a, of a segue but like for example that's i think for me that I, i'm a bit I, I love star wars of this i'm a big fan of the star wars films and i do think like for example all the prequels right all, all the prequels are heavy cgi and then the new movies the last three that came out they obviously have a ton of cgi but a lot of it is also sets a lot of it is 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 just a lot of building the sets shooting on location and i do think that captures that piece that's you know missing you know, that you're right. I do think a lot of the big Marvel films, the comic book films from DC are relying maybe too much on the CGI and not so much on like, just fucking build shit. <laughs> you yeah, know, like when I saw, what was that RDJ movie that he did right after Endgame? Dr. Doolittle. When I saw the trailer for that, I'm like, this looks mad green screen. Like, damn, like he didn't even, he was just in a room, a green room for the entire film. <laughs> yeah. And I think an actor, I mean, I thought I know shit about acting, but I know you work off of the environment and things like that. And that, like, for example, in, in uh, Infinity War, when Tony Stark is in Central Park, that ain't Central Park. That's like a green room and it just looks so artificial. But anyway, shout out <laughs> right. to back when films, and especially now with COVID, everything is probably going to be green screen from now on. Like the world is going to be a green screen. There's, def <laughs> there's definitely going to be a return to that, actually. <laughs> That's going to be more of a thing for the time being because films got to get made and there's got to be a place to make them. So travel is impossible. So, But maybe it just might lead to better, I guess, necessary green screen tech development you know what i mean like it might just get more real hopefully exactly exactly because now there's a bigger need for that right and so that's going to inspire hopefully people to just improve it make it better make it more realistic and and and, and we'll see what happens and who knows right we'll see I, i'm looking forward to you know the legion on zoom episode 1300 whatever when we're celebrating the 20 year anniversary of 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 the Marvel the first X Men movie from the MCU that's gonna be dope. Word. Yeah, man, that's that's gonna be epic. Can you imagine it's still Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? <laughs> Healing factor on fleek. 
Yeah, and also a little new segue. Speaking about like shooting on set, the Batman is apparently you know re, uh, they're back to production in London. You know, so that's that's good news. Like, hopefully, they you know push that film along so we still get it on time. Yeah, but I th- didn't didn't they also say I think I, for the new Batman movie that they canceled I think almost all locations that they were going to be refilming in, so they have to kind of like figure new locations out. Yeah, actually, um, I heard that they're going to start building sets, considering like what we were talking about, that they're going to try to not do as much CGI only as needed, but that they were actually definitely going to try and do some set building for the movie. Nice. Ah, oh, man, it's going to be, yeah, good, you know, fuck it, it, freaking COVID, delaying movies, delaying delaying movie releases, delaying movie uh, uh, development and production, all that, but hopefully it's going to be all worth it. We're, we're going to still be getting all these awesome films till the day we die so long as the snyder cut is not delayed you know they said a month and a year that's all i care about but apparently uh falcon <laughs> and the winter soldier is experiencing delays as well you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to those disney plus marvel shows they gotta come now <laughs> yeah because they said the 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 winter soldier and falcon series isn't that supposed to come out in the fall like in september i haven't we haven't gotten a trailer or anything yet yeah man i haven't seen any i've seen very very little regarding the netflix shows after we got blasted by all the announcements and then everything went into shutdown i think that disney's just trying to like find their footing when it comes to how to get any of that started yeah man that sucks so humanity definitely has been delayed by COVID, and actually um there's something that i wanted to bring up um for all the fans out there and Regarding things getting delayed, we here at the Legion on Zoom um, are basically dealing with, with all the same things that you guys are dealing with. And one of the things that, of course, we've had issues with over time with everything shut down is getting our actual paper books. Some of us here actually do read paper books and some of us don't. Some of us only exclusive go electronic. And I'm sure that amongst the fans out there, there's also a mix of both. So we just wanted to have a little conversation about the best comic book reading apps in case you can no longer get to your local, hopefully, mom and pop shop, which are the ones that we prefer to support, comic book places. Word. And and also, I think to shout out, I think like what we said in the earlier too, we've gotten some really great comments from people after they heard the first episode. And, and some actually, a couple of people were wondering, like, where can they find some of the comic books that we've discussed? Because we've, we've mentioned some random comic books uh, throughout the, the, all the episodes, and we'll, you'll keep listening throughout episodes. We'll, 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 we'll throw in, like, you know, like Chess says, some, some random ones from the past. And so, yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to focus on these, some of these apps will be helpful for you all to, you know, figure out, you know, read along with us. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Midtown Comics. Uh, you know, they're if you're listening from New York City, you know they're opening up. And so they're still delivering paper comics. And although I've moved away from that, you know, just trying to get all feng shui, like minimalistic and zen. I try not to collect too many uh, paper books anymore because I used to be inundated in them. So yeah, I go digital. So we want to talk about the apps. Damn, I want to give a shout out to the delivery man who's delivering a comic book amidst the pandemic. He's basically a cowboy for the Pony Express delivering vital information. Wow. Yeah, he's Kevin Costner. Remember Kevin Costner, the postman, Matt Epic on a horse? (laughs) That's him. This is an audio podcast, but I'm giving those people a salute. Yo, shout out to Kevin Costner, uh, a.k.a. Pa Kent. In Man of Steel, shout out. Yeah, that's a that's a epic performance. So um I myself am a fan of comic um the comics app, C-O-M-I-X, full name Comixology. Um it's owned by it's owned by Amazon, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, exactly. So yeah, because I think oh I think just to set the stage, because basically there's three big app softwares for you to read comic books, right? Exactly. Like 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 Chess said, we have the Comixology app. Uh, right, which which with that it has an unlimited sur- uh, account that you can join. That you, like five bucks a month, something like that, exactly. Where you can read, they have specific unlimited. You know, things are specifically on the unlimited side. Where because Comicsology has everything, right? Image, Marvel, DC, and then DC and Marvel have both their own individual apps: Marvel Unlimited and the DC Universe. App. For the loyalists. All right, so uh, Miguel, you want to break down the Marvel? I'll break down the DC, and I'll break down Comicsology after you guys are done. Perfect, exactly, because Comixology has everything uh, it, 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 on it. Uh, exactly, because I, I, and we, I think, I don't know if within the three of us, right? Because I have all three, <laughs> I have three all apps. I'm subscribed to all of them, and, 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 and I, 
I, I love them all, not equally though, but I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Marvel Unlimited app. Because actually, because I think Marvel Unlimited was the first one. They were the first. Comixology has been giving you digital comics that you can buy and download and read on your phone, on your, on your laptop, on your desktop, on your, on your freaking tablet, whatever. But Marvel Unlimited is this incredible service, right? Where, and we're not getting paid by them, by the way, the sponsor. We wish we were. We have no interest in any of these services that we are recommending, just so you guys know. We really love them that much. Don't, don't front, Chess. You got Amazon stocks. You just name drop Bezos. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. First of all, shout out to Lord Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I welcome him as our Lord and Savior, just for the record. And again, we are not sponsored by <laughs> We just worship them and give them our money by choice. <laughs> the overlord, yes. <laughs> But yeah, so for, but with the MU app, the Marvel Unlimited app, uh, it, it's it's this awesome service you can play yearly or monthly. I have obviously the yearly, which I think it's like sixty bucks or seventy bucks a year, maybe more. I don't remember now. I, it's worth it, whatever it costs. I give them my money. <laughs> Where shut up and take it. But yeah, so for, but with the MU app, the Marvel Unlimited <laughs> app, uh, it, it's it's this awesome service you can play yearly or monthly. I have obviously the yearly, which I think it's like sixty bucks or seventy bucks a year. Maybe more. I don't remember now. It's worth it. Whatever it costs, I give them my money. Where they give you access to basically all the library of Marvel Comics. You can, they have throwbacks as old as like, you know, the original X-Men 1 comic, but from 1963 up there, you know. A history, long, long, and they keep Damn. updating it. Every week, every Monday, they update it with throwback comic books from every series that you want. So if there's a series, a storyline that you haven't read yet, you can go go there and read it at your you know leisure. And the coolest thing that what I love about it the most is they update it with new books too. So, but they're delayed obviously because they want you to buy the comic books as they come out. But you can wait six months. So the Marvel Limited app has a six month waiting uh, that then they update it with the recent stuff. You know, so for example, we've mentioned a few times like the the I think in the first issue, the first episode, we talked about like the Hickman X Men books, which are awesome. They came out in the summer like physically, you know, and or for digital purchase. But on the Marble Unlimited app, they, they were they started to be uploaded around, you know, six months afterwards. So like in the around winter time, December, November, uh, that kind of stuff. And so which is awesome. So you can kind of keep be up to date, fairly up to date, you know, just a few months behind and read everything. Yeah, I want, I want to know about this like Marvel Comics archivist that's in a dungeon somewhere scanning these these like golden age comic books like 24 hours a day and shit. They give him water. <laughs> they give him water breaks and like pee breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and then also not just that because it's not just the scanning them too because also the MU app, the Marvel Unlimited and I think the Comicsology app I think have some of the best transitioning because you can you can read the comic book as a full page panel and then you can do the smart panel where you can go into each panel of the of the of the comic book and it fits well you know on your phone you know or your tablet depending you know uh, where it is and somebody out there is making sure for each and every comic book that that works amazing yo that's right shout out to them those unsung heroes. <laughs> Shout out to that dude that's in like a monk robe, just scanning with a hunchback, just dragging one foot at Marvel. Just <laughs> so yeah. On the opposite side of that is the DC Universe reading app. I, I mean, if I had to recommend, I'd just say go Comicsology because you know they got a lot of options from different publishers. But if you're a geek like me, and you love DC Comics. Uh, this app has a both uh, like a Netflix element with original programming and then they have you know a, a huge library of comic books cartoons you know things like that uh, it's not the best digital comic book reading experience I'll be honest it's a little clunky it's not it doesn't run as smoothly as comicsology or or Marvel Unlimited but you know if you want to catch you know DC other DC universe stuff like cartoons if you if you're into that you know it's not a bad deal and it's similarly priced to that Marvel app but i don't know like a lot of their programming is moving to HBO Max so at this point i don't know i just say fuck it yeah no agree cuz like that's the that was obviously the, the thing that sold you more they sold us more on that right cuz it had it didn't it tried to do the same thing as Marvel have basically access to almost all its library which keeps updating and there's plenty there too of the DC comic books plus they're giving you movies and 
and freaking TV shows, right? And like, you know, new stuff for the app, like Titans and, you know, and Stargirl and Swamp Thing. The, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, don't forget that. Yeah, like that, that was, that's awesome. That's a great idea. It was not executed properly. Just like Rod said, I would also recommend starting out with Comixology simply because I would say, unlike these two hardcore loyalists over here, it would be like the best, <laughs> it would be the best way to, <laughs> I guess, find yourself in the comic book world. Um, Ooh, find yourself. I like <laughs> yeah, I was like thinking that. about timeline the whole time the two of you were talking. I'm glad I got <laughs> um <laughs> no, yeah so essentially like so and if you get the comics unlimited part which you could also i think you can link that app to your amazon account like it's all pretty seamless um you get access to their free library of stuffs so i think it's for only like five bucks a month or something like that you could also borrow like entire trades and read and return stuff without even buying it's like really like open world of reading of all different genres um i would recommend everyone start there and then depending on what you prefer try to notice your own trends and of course the app has all kinds of features um you either go towards the marvel unlimited or the dc app depending on your preference and to be perfectly honest they're not the end-all be-all of the comic book world. You might end up going to some obscure publisher you didn't even know existed. You might like you might end up even like becoming a fan of something that already ended and you can't get any more of it. <laughs> you know? But um yeah, I definitely think it's a really well-rounded app. Um I have a I have a giant backlog on that thing. I think I have like the entire Deathstroke series from Rebirth, all the trades that I still have to get through, and a bunch of the Flash stuff. There's so much stuff that's on that app. Yeah, I think it's definitely awesome. And once again, they're not paying me. I just really like it. <laughs> we wish they pay us for sure. But no, exactly. And I agree with the, because I, yeah, 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 I do think people, people, if you don't know which to go with first, definitely Comixology. And I think Unlimited with, with their subscription service that you can get access to whatever's on their library. Because uh, exactly, because they they'll, they'll, they will have a lot of Marvel books, they have a lot of DC books, and the, the biggest strength that they also have, like Image, oh my god, they have a lot of the, the creator-owned, you know, independent uh, uh, books from Image there for you to just download and read, like like a library, right? Like it has like the, you borrow a book, you read it, and then you, then you return it. And, and other, you know, Boom Studios, they have Dark Horse, they have a bunch of stuff. And then what's cool about that too, because then, but then if you like something and you want to start reading whatever's coming out now then you can just buy it from them digitally and, and and they have sales and all that kind of stuff it's great oh yeah their sales are yeah their sales are huge dude yeah and they have vertigo the dc app doesn't have that i was disappointed i want to read i wanted to read sandman but apparently like the the vertigo stuff is not included in that dc universe package which brings into question all that legal stuff because isn't vertigo owned by dc yeah yeah, but also, also cause with the DC Universe app, I think because they were also, but there's just, I think they've been slow to update everything. And I think eventually it'll be there, but it, I think they're, they're speeding up. And I think, I remember reading, I think that they were about to, to release that in the DC Universe app. I'm not sure. But yeah, um, so f there's definitely options during everything that's going on to keep your comic reading going. And I think, I'm not too sure, but if even like if need be i think you could buy paper hard copies through the comics app i think i remember seeing a button for that like on certain issues um don't quote me on that but i'm i think that may be a feature that's part of the app if you need something like that you absolutely have to own you still even have that option but yeah there's definitely ways to read out there i personally use an lg pad um i've had it for a while it's really awesome and it works really well with the app. Yeah, I think I would love to hear Rod talk about how do you read this? Because Rod, I think, has had the most struggle with that. Oh, yeah, he's been on a journey. <laughs> oh, yeah, so so I, I use a Kindle, and you know, Kindle's linked to Amazon, <laughs> shout out to Bezos, and then, you know, which owns Comixology. So I had issues running other apps. So if you own a Kindle, ch chances are using Amazon apps are, are your best bet. So, you know, Comixology reads the smoothest there. Um, and also, like Ches mentioned about comic books, I mean, like nothing beats that holding that fresh oh comic my God. book and opening like and crack. smelling the ink and all that. I mean, that's really, uh, yeah, that's pure nostalgia. 
like for you but nowadays i just go all digital again because i don't want to like you know keep collecting and also the, the collector's market you know that all crashed way back when people used to like try to keep all the comics pristine because they'll go up in value but honestly they ain't worth shit unless you have something really cool really because the market determines the value so if you have something like miles morales spider-man or, or harley Quinn or something that's hot that's when something is a, is valuable, and then of course you have you have your your you know all time greats like Batman first appearances. Um, Miguel, you mentioned Oof. the X Men number one or one sixty three. Shout out to yeah. Stan Lee, uh, rest in peace. Like you know those comic books will always be that's worth more than like the American dollar. It should be like you know the dollar, whatever gold <laughs> is above that, and then you know Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and, like, those first appearance comics. Well, if I'm not mistaken, a bunch of those milestone issues are actually in the Library of Congress. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, a lot of these books are, are have have made their way to there cuz they are a national treasure. They're important to literary history. Damn it. That's right. Yeah, no, but in like like yeah, but like we we do like read digital books of course cuz yeah, cuz it's just it's just it's hard to have all this, you know, books, you know, in like, what do you do with them, right? You're storing them. You might give them away afterwards, but we do, there's nothing like the experience of actually having the book, you know, and then you'll choose whatever's worth, you know, for you to have. And, and like Jess said, like on the Comicsology Unlimited app, if it doesn't allow you to buy it directly, I do know that I remember checking into that not that long ago where they give you, they tell you what are the nearest comic book shops to you and where you can go and buy it in a safe, you know, COVID safe way, uh, uh, hopefully, and support local comic book shops like Midtown Comics in New York. Word, shout out again. Yeah, props to them for staying open. And there was all this diamond distributor controversy earlier when COVID started. So actually DC discontinued their relationship. For people that don't know, diamond distributor is just like a historic comic book and related merchandising distributing company that just basically you know, supplied comic book stores with all the shit that they have. And, you know, because of COVID, comic book stores closed. The market was already kind of suffering. The paper market, you know, as we know, is suffering in general. Newspapers, magazines, and such. Um, and comic book stores took a big hit. And for Midtown Comics to stay open, uh, you know, and keep, keep their all their locations in New York City open. And DC is going to start distributing their own books now. So, you know, things are changing in the market. Because, because again, COVID. So nothing better than reading comic books that keep you, you know, help you pass these challenging times. That's right, folks. Yeah, so just try to keep those apps in mind when things get too crazy. So you have, just to cover real quick again, you got the Marvel Unlimited. If you're of the Marvel cloth, you have the DCU Unlimited. If you're of the DCU cloth, and if you're a sane human being with no insane loyalties in your heart and soul, you can just go Comixology where you can get everything. On like a, on like a Netflix style where things may come in and out of reading. So if you know you're really geeky and you really want to get into certain runs, it may not always be on Comicsology. But then on the individual apps, you know, again, if you're a hardcore loyalist, you can always access your DC books and backlog there. Right, and for the most part, you can probably just buy whatever you want from Comicsology. Like they will have if you're looking for a specific run, you probably just buy it from there. But in terms of the unlimited one they won't have everything uh there for sure but yeah definitely the way i usually use the basic i use marvel unlimited exclusively for all my marvel goodness and then for comicsology unlimited i use it for dc and image pretty much and now then i started using dc universe app trying <laughs> if it's struggling but using it as best as i can to read my dc books there but still comicsology unlimited is still just so good and, and it's, i really recommend if any of our listeners is having trouble deciding which one to pick, I suggest you get old school and make a Venn diagram. That's those two overlapping circles, if people don't remember, and just try to, <laughs> and that'll help you find. Wait, how, do they, how do they go put it into practice? How's the Venn diagram? Well, they should know. Two overlying circles, one space in the middle. But I, no, but I well, but have, I mean, like, I what, what goes in the circles and what's in the middle? You see on one, then you put you know like the Marvel on the other, then you put Comicsology in the middle. Ah, yeah, and then Marvel. whichever one has the most the overlap is qualities that you'd appreciate under the name, you go with that one. And I'm actually, as, as I see us on Zoom right now, I feel like we are representing that Venn diagram kind of right now on the screen with both Rod and myself up on the on the, <laughs> on, on, on the top, Chess in the bottom, representing more of a middle ground comicsology side. So either you're more Chess, you're more Rod, or you're more <laughs> me, Miguel. You know, just go with the app you prefer, and we won't take it personal, or maybe we will, whatever. There you have it. 
ladies and gentlemen, and I just want to say thanks everybody for joining us on another adventure with the Legion on Zoom. It's always a pleasure talking all things comics and all things fun and pop culture with you gents. Everybody, it's been a pleasure. I'm Chez. You are Miguel. And I'm Rod, and you can find me on IG at Rod Zaro. That's R-O-D-D-A-R-R-O. Awesome stuffs, awesome stuffs. All right, everybody. See you next time. Always a pleasure. Peace. Deuces. Peace. Legion on Zoom, starring and produced by Jose Perez, a.k.a. Chez, Rodney Martinez, and myself, Miguel Arce. Click subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or shoot us an email at legiononzoom at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at legiononzoom.com.